You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. start to that song love the kind of the transitions and the differences um it really is a part of kind of who i am love the dichotomy of of all that went with that music and love the dichotomy of life so welcome into this locked on browns podcast if you don't know that song that is a coolio song called i'll see you when you get there and so download that go to itunes look it up all of those kind of things coolio and his fantastic voyage one two three four this is a little bit of a different song uh, than all of those, or even uh, Gangster's Paradise, uh, which many of you know from the movie Criminal Minds. So welcome into this Lockdown Browns podcast, uh, coming to you a little bit late tonight on Wednesday afternoon, uh, just sharing quickly with all of you. Um, about a month ago, took a new full-time job uh, as the clinical supervisor for a program, and that job is taking a little more energy than I expected it to, uh, the transition uh, and the chaos that I'm coming into uh, is just a little bit much right now, so I apologize for that, and it may end up uh, leading to uh, a little bit of a shorter podcast tonight, as I will still be working throughout the night trying to get things set. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability, but um, so we might be a little short tonight. There may be days that I miss, but we will keep on plugging in, and the reality is, is I love love the Cleveland Browns so much that it's probable that even though I say it might be a little bit short that probably is not going to happen because I love talking Browns. And so today, uh, just a kind of simple podcast, uh, just kind of want to lay out for everybody what when we look at needs for the Browns, um, what I am actually looking at, uh, so that we can just kind of have an open conversation and understand why certain uh, positions are kind of going to be the focus as I watch, try to watch some of the Senior Bowl practice, try to get as much of that coverage as I can. Uh, especially on the South team and how Hugh Jackson and Greg Williams are running things, it's important to kind of focus on the positions that I think are really, really important. Uh, but the good things that we've heard so far is that Hugh Jackson and Greg Williams, while they don't seem as fast-paced, everything seems really purposeful uh, with the South practice by the Browns uh, compared to the Bears practice, where it may be a little bit faster paced but uh, when they're actually doing things. But the reality is they're spending much of their time doing yoga, uh, stretching, those kind of things. Uh, where the Browns seem very purposeful. They're running uh, two offenses and two defenses as opposed to the Bears who are running one and one. So the Browns are getting more snaps, more reps, uh, more to learn about their players. So good to hear. And so let's just kind of kick it off. We'll start on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, then we'll, we'll kind of flip over to the defense. And then we'll talk about kind of how we value those positions and maybe what positions are most important. So on the offensive side of the ball, obviously it starts at the quarterback position. I think it's a little bit of a reach to feel comfortable with Cody Kessler as your quarterback for this next season or for the quarter, as a quarterback of the future. Is it possible the Browns want to give him the opportunity this year? Sure, it's possible. Is it possible Hugh Jackson still isn't done with RG3? I've hinted to that uh, on Twitter because I do think that's a possibility from what I'm hearing, everything we heard about from last year. But in the end, I think the quarterback position has to be addressed. Hugh Jackson has talked about it. Um, 
even at the senior bowl. And so quarterback is a position that at some level will need attention. Again, whether that attention is signing someone like Kirk Cousins or having to trade for and sign a Kirk Cousins, trading for a Jimmy Garoppolo, trading or signing a Tyrod Taylor, depending on how what direction the Bills or the Browns would want to go in that kind of thing. There's a lot going on there. Or you're looking at the draft. Again, kind of the big names are Deshaun Kaiser, Deshaun Watson, Mitch Trubisky, Pat Mahomes, Brad Kaya. Uh, there are a number of quarterbacks. And while many Browns fans will tell me this is a weak quarterback draft, many people that I respect in the industry that are doing scouting uh, as a part of writing will tell you opposite. Tell you there's a lot of talent, a lot of depth in this draft. It just depends on what you're looking for. Much like the year where Blake Bortles, Johnny Manziel, Teddy Bridgewater, and Derek Carr were drafted, it really depended on what you were looking for. Bortles hasn't panned out, but he was the lowest floor, probably highest ceiling player uh, with his ability to run, his size, athleticism, arm. He had all of those kind of high ceiling kind of things, but he also had a very low floor, mechanics, experience, uh, experience against big-time competition, offense that he was running, those kind of things. And then you had someone like Johnny Manziel. He was really the – really, there's probably a comparison to Pat Mahomes. Screw off-the-field stuff. We're not talking about that. I don't know anything about Pat Mahomes off the field. That would concern me in that kind of level. On the field, Johnny Manziel kind of made things up, kind of playing out of the dirt. Uh, Sandlot-style system. Um, had a lot of things that he needed to work on. But had a lot of talent, has the arm strength, uh, ability to scramble, competitiveness, all that stuff. We see a lot of that out of Pat Mahomes. Teddy Bridgewater was the steady um, leader type. And I would say many people are going to kind of compare him to Deshaun Watson, fair or not. And then you have someone like Deshaun Kaiser, who uh, has some skill, but isn't David Carr. Sorry, isn't Derek Carr. But... Not having to compare all of those players kind of one-to-one, there is some comparison that this draft seems to have a lot of talent, depending on what you're looking for, depending on what you believe you're able to do, all of those kind of things. And so um, quarterback is obviously a big need. On offense, the rest really comes down to a center and a certain type of tight end. And so uh, at, cent- at the center position, I think moving Cameron Irving to right tackle for the last game of the year was pretty telling. Um, while most people would say, yeah, he's terrible, I saw some good out of him. I thought he was developing decently well, uh, but obviously the Browns didn't, and that's what matters. It doesn't matter what I think. Um, and so I think center position, if John Greco was healthy, maybe wouldn't be addressed, but he's not expected to be available to start the season. And so I think the Browns need to address the center position at some level. That doesn't mean uh, Fabiano or Ryder Uh, couldn't be options. I think there are some upside to both of those players, but I don't know if they're going to be willing to kind of bet the house on that. So I think the center position on offense probably falls right behind the quarterback position, kind of from a needs perspective. And then you look at the tight end position, uh, it's got to be very, very specific. And so when you look at a Seth DeValve, you look at a Gary Barnage, you look at two pretty much pass catchers at the tight end position. They're really called tight ends because they'll put their hand in the dirt. But blocking doesn't seem to be something they're really talented at, willing to do, whatever term we want to use. But they are very can be very, very good dynamic pass catchers if Barnage makes it through the season with the Browns. I'm not totally sure he will do that. 
uh, make it through this offseason. Uh, so the Browns, and then you have Randall Telfair who can block, but it isn't really much of a pass threat. And so I think the Browns are going to look for someone, again, whether that's in free agency or in the draft. They have a need for someone who can kind of be that dual threat, someone they can line up with two tight ends. And one of those tight ends really can block or catch. While they could have a Randall Telfair, who's also a blocker, or they could have a Barnage or Seth DeValve, who is a pass catcher. But they need to be able to be versatile. They need to be able to be multiple. And so they need to be able to line up with uh, two tight ends, two wide receivers, and a running back and uh, be very dangerous at throwing the ball and very dangerous at running the ball out of the same package. And so a, a tight end who can do both, do both well, could be really, really important to them. Uh, in the Senior Bowl, Evan Ingram is an example of a tight end that wouldn't fit that, where O.J. Howard might. And so it's all it's about the type of tight end. We don't need another pass-catching type, especially if Gary Barnage is going to be around. We need someone who's able to do both, who's able to block like a quality-blocking tight end, but also catch, catch passes. There aren't a ton of those, obviously. And so the Browns may have to invest a top uh, second-round, third-round pick in a player of that nature, they may not have the same upside of an O.J. Howard, but they do the versatile things that the Browns need. On the offensive side of the ball, that's it. That's the only needs I see. I see three. Quarterback, center, tight end. Could they add other players? Sure. But based on everything else that the Browns have, based on the draft picks they've made, again, remember, the Browns believe players can develop. NFL teams believe players develop. So just because... We didn't see a ton out of Ricardo Lewis, Rashard Higgins. Uh, Jordan Payton doesn't mean that Browns need a wide receiver. You've got Corey Coleman. You've got Terrell Pryor. You've got those three to develop. Just because you didn't love what you saw out of Spencer Drango, didn't see a lot out of Sean Coleman, doesn't mean they need someone there. They need those players to develop. They're expecting those players to develop. So that's an important thing to think about. Uh, and then at running back, Duke Johnson, Isaiah Crowell, uh, Darius Jackson, uh, kind of give you three solid uh, and then Vitali, I believe that's how he's, um, or Vital, um, is kind of a, a fullback that I think they're going to want to build around. Highly skilled, highly talented player. A lot of upside there from a fullback who can catch, who can run, who has some strength and speed. So on offense, three. Quarterback, center, tight end. Now on the defensive side of the ball, which surprisingly was the better side of the ball, I think the needs are greater. So you, have an edge, you need an edge rusher. You need one guy. Again, I don't care what quote-unquote scheme Greg Williams is going to run. He needs an edge bender. That can be a defensive end. That can be an outside linebacker. It doesn't really matter what you call them. He needs someone who can bend the edge, who can get after the quarterback, doesn't need help to do that, has the speed, power, quickness to do those things. And so that looks like a Miles Garrett in the draft. On the defensive line, they also really have to be uh, looking heavily at a possible three technique. Again, if you haven't, uh, you can listen back uh, about a week and a half ago. I talked about the techniques and how important those are. Um, nose tackle, defensive tackle, defensive end, those kind of things. Those terms aren't really that important. That's not really how NFL teams, that's not how players are kind of talked about really. They're talked more about uh, from a technique perspective. And so as a three technique, um, you're looking at a player who can hold his ground, can penetrate a little bit from the inside. So there are generally a three technique as a defensive tackle. doesn't really have to have long arms, but it has to have the uh, short area quickness to um, get into the backfield, but has to have the strength to, to hold and shed blockers. 
uh, both in the run game or in pass uh, in a pass rush to try to allow uh, to free things up for uh, that edge bender. And so Desmond Bryant can play the three technique. Xavier Cooper can play the three technique. It's the question of whether or not Des Bryant at his age uh, coming back from injury is someone the Browns want to continue to have and invest in. And do they see enough out of Xavier Cooper uh, to move on from that position? I still would like to see a three technique. It's why I wouldn't be shocked um, if a player like Jonathan Allen or Solomon Thomas, two stud defensive linemen, um, but who could fall a little bit, fell to 12 when the Browns passed on a quarterback to draft that kind of player. That doesn't mean it's the right decision. Doesn't Don't have to go through me on that. Just that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, a Carlos Watkins is another player, the Clemson defensive lineman who's having a very good senior bowl. So a three technique along with an edge bender. Um, and that's really it in the front seven. I think uh, the linebacker position, Jamie Collins, Christian Kirksey, you know I love them. And that third linebacker is going to play 30% or less of the defensive snaps. I think uh, Joe Schobert's probably going to get the first crack at that. Um, DeMario Davis can play a little bit of that. Um, I think there's some players here who can fill that role 25 to 30% of the time because that's all they're going to be needed to do that. And I don't think the Browns are going to invest more for a player who's only going to play that amount of time. And then we go into the secondary. I think the Browns like their secondary maybe more than I do, uh, especially their cornerbacks. And so I think with Joe Hayden, with Brian Bowdy Calhoun, with Jamar Taylor, I think the Browns see three corners that they like a lot. I would love to see a number one type corner in there, whether that's in free agency at Truman Johnson, A.J. Bouye, um, or in the draft, uh, number 12, 33, even um, at 52. I think the Browns could get a solid number one type cornerback. Again, the difference would be uh, in free agency, you're going to spend a lot more money, but you're going to get a player who slots in right away as kind of that number one. Whereas in the draft, you're going to want that player to develop, really would slot in as a two or a three um, around Joe and uh, BBC. And so, but I see a need for a, really a number one solid corner because just think of what that means. If you bring in a Bouye, you bring in a Johnson, someone like that, that means Joe Hayden is a solid to great number two. Jamar Taylor plays inside. And then in dime packages, packages you have Body Calhoun. I think you really just quickly upgraded your defensive, your pass, um, your pass defense so quickly. But I think Greg Williams and the Browns are going to look to upgrade that pass defense first at the safety position. Right now, for me, the Browns do not have a starting level safety. That means I think the Browns need to go after two. And free agency may have uh, some players available, uh, but I think free safety first and foremost, kind of a center fielder in Greg Williams' defense, will be his kind of number one outside of an edge rusher. So those are kind of 1A and 1B is an edge rusher and a free safety. Um, so that's a Malik Hooker. That's a Buda Baker. That's a OB. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name, uh, who's really showing up well at the Senior Bowl. Uh, that's one of those kind of guys who could really kind of play center field, be kind of all over the place. Uh, then at the strong safety position, Derek Kindred is a hitter. Just not sure he's good enough for what the Browns are going to want to do. He's not good enough for me at this point in time. He could develop. I'm just not sure uh, he tackles well enough. He hits well enough, but I'm not sure he tackles well enough, and I'm not sure he co- – I know he doesn't cover well enough so far, and I'm not sure he has the ability to develop that. So I think the Browns need 
two safeties in this offseason. So on the offensive side of the ball, quarterback, center, tight end, defensive side of the ball, we're talking edge rusher and three technique, one corner, hopefully a number one, and two safeties. So if I had to order those, obviously you always want the quarterback. I think that's always going to be the biggest need when you don't have one. Fine. Let's always put that number one until we fill that need. Quarterback is number one. Number two, I think, for the Browns is going to be that edge rusher. While upgrading the free safety or cornerback position uh, could be big for the Browns, I think the edge rusher helps those others. So I think if we're going to kind of pick our top five, we're going to go quarterback, we're going to go edge rusher, and I think then we go free safety. Again, put someone like Malik Hooker, uh, put someone like Buda Baker, Obi, some of those kind of guys who can cover a lot of ground. Man, what kind of upgrade does that do for Hayden and Taylor and Buddy Calhoun? Um, for me, number four is going to be the center position. While I thought Irving could look good, I think Fabiano and Reeder um, or Greco could play the role well. I think there's some value in making sure you have a quarterback and center combination who really understand things, can play well together. Again, I wouldn't be surprised to see something happen in free agency. Um, center position is often undervalued until you don't have one. And so, again, quarterback, edge rusher, free safety, center, and then for me it's that strong safety position, but I could be talked into that cornerback position, uh, either one kind of flip-flopping. And then that tight end, uh, you can find some players, and I don't think it's as big of need as Hugh Jackson um, is able to kind of be creative with his use of Terrell Pryor, Corey Coleman, the new, uh, the young guys, uh, Barnage, DeValve, uh, and then Telfair. So uh, looking at kind of the top five, quarterback, edge rusher, free safety, um, center, and then either strong safety or quarterback. The great thing is, is we're not talking about a huge amount of needs, but we're talking about top level needs. So when we're talking about top level needs, we're talking about the first hundred picks in the draft or even less. The great news is the Browns should be looking at uh, or will be looking at as long as they don't make any trades, the five picks by the first pick of the third round. That's five of the positions. That doesn't mean it's going to work out perfectly like that. And it doesn't discount free agency giving the Browns opportunities to build. And what an amazing opportunity the Browns have. If they are able to sign just one, just one of those positions in free agency with a stud, again, whether that's one of the cornerbacks, whether that's a safety, whether that's a center, whether that's a quarterback with Cousins, Taylor, uh, or trading for Jimmy Garoppolo, if they're able to bring in uh, a franchise quarterback, a, a starting center, a starting free safety, a starting corner, those top five picks all of a sudden have a lot of opportunity. So that's my needs, Browns fans. That's what I see when I look at the Browns. They need talent overall, but I look at their current needs and their assets, specifically in the draft, and I see an ability for the Browns to fulfill all of their needs at some level this offseason. What do you see? Get a hold of me on Twitter. Again, my name is Jared Mueller. You can get me on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller. That's at J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Thanks for stopping by this Locked on Browns podcast. And go Browns.